All right, Jibs, say hi to the camera. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Let me start by showing you the newest member of the Alex family, Chibs with a B, Alex. This is the new addition to the family's long head chihuahua. He weighs three pounds. My wife wanted one, so we got one because it's her world and we're just living in it. Yeah, we have a kid on the way. And you might think, did you forget about that aspect of your life? Because who the fuck gets a puppy when they're four months removed from having a child? I'll tell you who. Nicholas Alex and Marielle fucking Pika. That's who, because we don't live by the rules of society. We do what we want. And what we want is really what she wants. And what she wants is terrifying. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. If we're being, if, um, first of all, I've had dogs throughout my life. I had one dog when, uh, you know, my first dog I got at about 10 and it died um, when I was 13. It lasted three years. It's the darkest moment of my life. I remember still crying in the shower. For the next week, screaming, checkers, please come back. That's how traumatizing it was. I wanted a dog since the day I came out the womb. I finally got one 10 years into my life. And I walked home. I walked, I, I walked into the house on her having a seizure, foaming from the mouth. I didn't know what was going on. She had encephalitis. She got stung by a mosquito. Her brain swelled up. She started having seizures. We had to put her down. Her final seizure she had in the living room. My dad tried to wake her up or comfort her while she was having one. She bit his fucking finger. He had to go to the hospital. The cops had to come and carry the goddamn dog out in a crate with lacrosse sticks using it, Use, uh, you know, as, as handles. It's like Paul Bearer fucking handles on the crate to get it out there because they didn't want to get bit because they didn't know what the fuck was going on with the dog. They thought it might have been rabbit or some shit. But yeah, so that was my first dog. Next dog I got, probably a couple years after that, I was 15, 16. But I'm now realizing, and then Beans came into my life, a full-grown individual. Um... Fully trained, fully retarded. And uh, I'm now realizing this is this is the first puppy I've actually been responsible for. Obviously, my parents took care of the ones we had earlier. I was 10 and 14. I had to go to school every day. Now that I realize they had to go to work every day, I was in school. How, how the fuck did that dog ever get trained? We just Were we just leaving a puppy home alone for fucking nine hours a day? What the hell, did, what the hell were we doing with that dog? Those dogs. But anyway, this is the first dog that I'm responsible for as a puppy. And uh, fuck, man. It's fucking work, dude. I didn't realize. Doesn't sleep through the night. Got him pissing and shitting on potty pads. Um, because we can't really have him go outside fully yet. Because he's not fully vaccinated. One, two, he's too small for every harness that we can possibly find. They don't make harnesses this fucking small. He just slides right through all of them. And we can't use a collar on him. Because apparently chihuahuas are pure, all, apparently all pure breed dogs are products of incest now and they all have genetic um, deformities and they get cancers and just their body doesn't work properly. So a, a popular thing with chihuahuas is they have a collapsing trachea, which means they just walk around <coughs> all the fucking time, just coughing and gagging. They sound a little bit like a goose. And apparently he's got a mild one. So you can't walk him on a collar because he'll just fucking keep choking and shit because he's got a weak throat because he's a product of cousins banging. 
Um, but apparently all pure breeds are. We go to this vet who was just telling us that golden retrievers labs are all fucked up now. They all get cancer. They all die early because they're just people are breeding them just the ones that they have. And just, it's relatives and relatives and relatives and relatives banging. And what do you have? Good looking dogs that die fucking early. Um, yeah, so that's going on. That's what's going on with this guy. I'm going to put him down. I'm going to let him do his fucking thing. She's going to fall asleep in my arms if I keep holding him. God, he's fucking... He's a lot of work, but look, look at this guy. He's actually not that bad. He's fucking... He's like 13 weeks old, and he really... He doesn't... He, he rarely misses the potty pad. He fucking takes a piss and a shit on the potty pad almost every time. It's impressive. When I was 12 weeks old, I was shitting all over myself. You're not doing that, are you? God damn it, you're cute. Beans is handling it pretty well. You know, he's a 10-year-old man. We didn't know what would happen. We didn't know if he'd just start mauling it, if he'd slip into a deep, dark depression. Um, and he's doing pretty good with it. They have fun. They have fun. So, uh, yeah, we got it. You know, our, our the pregnancy's been a little stressful. I was like, maybe this will take my wife's mind off the fact that we're worried about a lot of things going on. And... Um, it's done its fucking job. We don't even... I forget that. I got a kid on the way sometimes if I'm being honest with you. Is that the most responsible thing to be having going on? No, but it's ha it's definitely alleviated stress. But I will say, if you guys want an update, if you give a shit at all, we've gotten all the tests back from all the things we've done, the amnios, the MRIs, the yada, yada, yadas. Everything's checked out. Everything's checked out. The kids just got a little bit of a fat vench. His ventricles a little bit fucking girthy, and hopefully it just remains a mild version, you know, on the low end of the standard deviation of what a fat venge is, and uh, it's not a thing that we have to worry about. Um, hopefully, go back for the next ultrasound, and it just falls within the standard deviation, and then we're really in the clear. Then we're real. Then the skies are blue, and the sun is shining, and my fucking dick is wiggling. Um, because I don't need, I don't need any any more of this fucking. Stress. But yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea how I'm going to have a kid, a puppy. I mean, he'll be like eight months at that point. Hopefully he'll know how to take care of himself. Um, but yeah, he's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll be crying in the middle of the night, waking up the child, which will be a way worse thing. But we'll see. We'll see what the fuck happens. Anyway, Yonkers is good. Still loving it here. Having a fucking ball. Um... The social medias is growing. I'm popping off on Facebook now. I'm popping off on Instagram. I'm popping off on YouTube. I'm popping off on every fucking major social media platform that exists. So we're here, folks. We fucking did it. I'm at a point now where the amount of people I have following me that are showing interest in what I'm putting out comedically should add up to ticket sales. I'm looking into setting up the tour. And if I go to put these tickets on sale and they don't sell, then, uh, you know, I'll wrap my fucking lips around a metaphorical revolver. I won't, but it would be wildly demoralizing. But I, I don't know why that would happen. I think we're at a point now where I can fucking put this thing together, put tickets on sale, and you fucks, hopefully we'll buy them. You know, you don't subscribe to the Instagram, to the Patreons, but that doesn't fucking, it's, that's whatever. I get it. A live show is a live show. And that's what you guys are waiting for. And it'll be a good time, man. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Spreading and sharing my fucking shit that I put up. It means a lot. And it's led to a lot. All right. 
That's enough of that. I uh, what else have I been up to? You know what I did? I watched the fucking I watched the Manti Teo documentary. Oh, good boy, Chibs. He's taking a piss on the potty pad. Good boy. What a good boy. Come here, let me pet you and give you positive affirmations for doing the right thing. That's about all the effort I'm putting into training. Um, he just does something good, and I pet him and say good boy in a high voice. And if he does something I don't like, I get deep and dark and I kick him in the chest. But yeah, so I watched that Manti Teo documentary. You guys remember him, the Notre Dame linebacker that was famous for all the wrong fucking reasons? I mean, he was a good football player, and that was one of the reasons, so that's that's a right reason. But um, I can't believe that shit happened 10 years ago. You know how you know when you're getting old is that everything that you recall you is now followed by, I think it was about 10 years ago. I can't believe. I can't believe I can remember things that are now a decade. Um old. I liked it better when I was a certain age to when I said, oh, that was 10 years ago. And I didn't remember it because my brain wasn't fully developed and I was too young to fucking retain anything. But now it's just, no, I was an adult 10 years ago and now I'm an old adult. But yeah, Manti Teo documentary. If you don't remember, it was the linebacker for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, He was up for the Heisman Award. His girlfriend and grandmother died a day, a day apart. And then that became the rallying call for an underachieving NCAA powerhouse is return to glory. Notre Dame basically has sucked for years. He committed there. And then uh, he brought him back to the championship game. And, and the, uh, the death of his girlfriend was the motivating story behind it all. Problem is girlfriend didn't exist and that all came out and that dude's world came crumbling down and it was a huge i mean one of the biggest news events of the last 20 years it was insanely massive and um so i had to watch a documentary and it's truly outside if you if you removed if you remove the fact that a man a good man um that his career and psyche were completely demolished it's the funniest documentary I've ever watched in my life. You have a dude who's now a woman that started casually catfishing people to feel like a woman. Ended up somehow developing a fake relationship with a star linebacker for a D1 football team. It got so emotionally heavy that the only way for her to get out of it, because she couldn't meet up with him ever, obviously, was to fake her own death. That said death then became the rallying cry for an underachieving D1 college football team's return to glory. If you don't laugh imagining that woman sitting in her house watching her character's name be uttered on 60 Minutes and just being like, oh shit, this is, this is getting nuts. If that doesn't make you fucking laugh, dude, you have no sense of humor whatsoever. If that was presented to you as like a South Park episode or a Family Guy episode, it's the funniest episode that's ever been written. It's only sad because a, a good dude 
a good dude's life was destroyed. I mean, that guy was a fucking meme for about half a decade. And what's so fucked up, that dude is like a God-fearing, genuine, person-helping individual. A guy that doesn't have a bad bone in his body. I fucking cried. I cried at the end of that documentary hard. And it would have been way harder if my wife wasn't sitting right next to me looking at me like I was a fucking puss. Like she wanted to get rid of the kid because there's no way she sh we should be creating a second version of me. Dude, he gave like this tremendous fucking speech at the end of the documentary about how he's approaching his life and shit now. And it was just like, good for him, man. But also, fuck. That's sad because everybody, dude, he, he got catfish. And it's understandable, man. You under, But it's like the fucking story is so complicated that when it broke that his fucking girl just wasn't real. There's no way anybody could have put together the pieces of how he got tricked, why he got tricked. And, you know, and it was easy just to be like, he's fucking gay. He's pretending, you know, he was he pretended he pretended he had a girlfriend so that people wouldn't think he was gay. And that's not it at all, man. Guy had a transgendered fucking lunatic. And she's not a lunatic because she's transgender. She's trans. She, this is when I realized this woman is fucking insane. So after she pretends to kill herself. Um that becomes a national news story. It becomes solidified in the fucking national news. She thought it was a possible scenario in which she called Manti back and said, hey, it's Lene. I'm actually not dead. I had to go on the run and hide. She thought she could watch her character be talked about in the public news in a national way. The death story spread everywhere. She thought that she could then be like, kidding, I'm not dead. That's when I realized she was a fucking absolute lunatic. Because initially you feel bad, you know, you're like, it's a person who's obviously having an identity crisis, struggling with their fucking gender and how they identify. And I don't know what that's like. And it looks like she was just kind of innocently, you know, having conversations with men. To get a view into the world, into into her life, what her life could be like as a woman, and that honestly to me, fucking whatever, dude. You know how many people have conversations over over dating apps that never actually meet? It's not a big deal. It became a big deal when she, you know, I guess started creating other characters and have, have you know would have them talk to Manti's parents and shit. That's you know that's fine. This this woman's fucking insane. But it just put it over the top when it, when she thought that she could fucking pretend that a death that was being talked about on 60 Minutes didn't actually happen. And she could come back from that. It's over at that point. You got out. Just let the story fucking... I mean, it wasn't... It was going to come out whether or not you fucking pretended to come back. That's not what ha you know made it come out. It was the fact that people were digging into it, journalists, because, you know, people started tweeting or something. But whatever. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably... You can't believe that that happened in, in fucking real life. It makes me feel like we're in a simulation that's being written by fucking somebody because that shit, that shit's fucking brilliant. People always talk about wild shit that happens like, oh, you couldn't script that. I mean, you could. It'd just be a really good fucking script. It's like a Breaking Bad level fucking plot line. It's good shit. It's good shit. But yeah, man, what else is going on with me? What else is fucking going on with me? Oh, I had my parents came over. 
the other day for dinner. My mom came and just brought her fucking famous veal osobuco over, and it just uh, uh, warms my heart when I eat that dish. Rehashing old memories, talking about, you know, not the good times necessarily, but times. Talking about times. <laughs> and uh, just thinking about my childhood and shit. I remember when I was, it's funny is that now, now that I'm getting older and, you know, I'm married, I got two fucking dogs, I got a kid on the way, I'm settling down into my adulthood. The fucking tendencies that my dad had when I was younger that I always thought were like bizarre and unexplainable, I now, I, I totally understand. Because, uh, <laughs> dude, my fucking, I remember my dad just would always be, he would just leave the house at random fucking times. It'd be like, hey, don't chew on that. Jesus, dude. He'd leave the house at like random ass times. I mean, it'd be like a Tuesday at 9 p.m. He's putting his shoes and fucking coat on. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to go get gas. I'm going to go get some gas. And I'm like, now what? Just go in the morning. You're making an extra trip for yourself. Just go on the, in the morning on your way to work. He's like, no, I'll go now. There's, there's nobody there. It's nice. I prefer to go now. It's nice. And uh, I now realize it's got, it's got nothing to do with the gas. It's all about the car ride is what he was seeking. And I now know that because I, I had that thought for the first time. My wife was fucking, you know, yelling across the apartment, asking me to get her something because when she's in this house, for some reason, her legs don't work, you know? And, uh, and I had that thought. I was like, fuck. I was watching, I was, you know, watching the game, drinking a beer. She's yelling. And I was like, God damn, I'd kind of like to go for a car ride right now. That'd be, that'd be nice. That'd be enjoyable. And I'm realizing now it's because the fucking car... As 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 a you know married man, less so in his time, honestly, because at least he didn't really have cell phones for most of his marriage. But the car is really the last place of isolation and solitude that you can fucking get in this day and age. It's the one thing that's a fail-safe excuse that nobody can clap back at you for. I was calling you, I was texting you, you didn't answer me. What the fuck? What the what the hell's your problem? I was in the car. I was driving. What do you want me to answer and fucking die, you piece of shit? I was driving. You know? So I kind of get it now. To this day, I will, I'm not even kidding, 40% of the time that I call my mother and we're having a conversation and she's at home and I go, where's dad? She'll be like, ah, oh, he's at the bank. I can't get him to do the mobile deposit kind of shit. He's just always going to the bank. I don't know why. I can't get him to do the mobile banking stuff. I don't know why. And I was like, I do. It's because he hates you. My parents, dude, they, uh, you know, some parents get divorced out of hatred. My parents stay together despite it. Do you guys have those parents? Do you guys have any parents? Are any, any of you's parents still together that should not be together? I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't just separate. I think it would have been better for both of their, you know, their mental states. I remember I have a vivid memory of one time... We were sitting at the dinner table, eating dinner. And this is how rare it was for them to just have a cordial back and forth exchange with one another in conversation. I remember that happened at the dinner table where my dad said something and my mom was like, you know what? You're right. These are good potatoes. Just something simple where they agreed with each other. 
and I got profound butterflies in my stomach. That's how rare of an occurrence that was. That when it happened, I got the same feeling that people get when they think they found true love. A feeling that is supposed to be elicited when a once-in-a-lifetime thing is taking place happened to me when my parents talked to each other without raising their voices and shattering glass. <laughs> and that's why I think I just walked around thinking I'd, you know, I'd be a bachelor for however the fuck long. I'm just going to bang as many women as I possibly can with this fucking God-gifted, um, with this God-given gift of dating apps. I mean, dude, for a fucking, just a man whore, dating apps are the greatest thing that ever came out. Just a Rolodex of women at your fingertips without having to leave your house and spend a dollar. It's really a great thing for, for the poor man whore. Especially, I mean, I'm sure it's different in, you know, North Dakota, fucking rural, you know, Wisconsin. When you're in the city, it's like the Rolodex is thick and everybody's within walking distance. But I, I would imagine, you know, in Montana, the broad willing to meet up at your apartment as a first date is, you know, a little harder to come by. But that's probably, thinking back on it, why I always thought I'd, you know, prefer to do that and not really get married because marriage to me seemed like not a great thing to be involved in. <clears throat> it just didn't seem like it, it, you know, it was worth it. Or it just wasn't a thing that I was really, you know, into. I'd rather be fucking alone than annoyed. That seemed better to me. But then what are you going to do? You know, I found a chick who, uh, you know, I complain about on here just because it's fun to do and it's funny, but I fucking... Oh, he's saying shit. He's speaking. I found a chick who I'd rather be annoyed with than be alone. And that's the beauty of what I got. Um, oh, and I apologize for not, you know, this is the first episode in about two weeks, maybe. I apologize, but I got, I got a lot going on. And, um, you know, I might miss a week or two sometimes. But just know that I'm always thinking about you. You're always in my heart and in my mind. And I'm a grateful, I'm a grateful boy to you guys. Because most of you who listen to this have been here since the fucking ground floor. Have been here since I was at fucking, I don't know, 8,000 on Instagram. So I appreciate you. You guys are the fucking bedrock to my structure. And uh, I hope you have a good week. I hope you have a good work day, weekend, whatever, whenever you listen to this. Um, and make sure you fill that contact form out on my uh, website because if you don't give me that information, I'm not going to know to come to your city. So do that. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Take care. Peace. <laughs>